0: Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a Ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot us. We are supported financially by com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there. Donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. Glad that you came to visit with us, get 30 minutes of encouragement just coming together. Please lift up this ministry, lift up those that listen to this, lift up Jeff and and Brittany. Jeff, again, opening the studio week in, week out so that we can have 30 minutes together, a word of encouragement. Again, I always tell people if you like this message, subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel. Subscribe and and follow us on Apple Podcasts or Podbeam or wherever you receive your podcasts. Listen to that. Enjoy the 30 minutes and just spend a little time uh, with the Lord and in fellowship with other people. And while I was was preparing this message today, I realized that people might listen to this a month or two or three months later, even a couple of years later. So I'm going to put it into context from when the message originally is coming out. And we are in September of 2021, and last week was the 20th anniversary celebration remembrance of 9-11. And so I did a message called God is Greater Than Evil, and that message was one of the things that... I thought about when I said, what does 9-11 mean to me? And I came up with four things. Evil evil exists, but God is greater than evil. Love will always prevail over hate. Be ready, because no one knows the day or the hour. And then always be ready to serve your neighbor. And then I I realized that with those four topics, each one of those themselves could be a uh, series a sermon series. And so I decided to pick one and spend 30 minutes on that. And then I got out of there and I said, it, there's some good stuff still left. So I, I wanted to look at always serve your neighbor. And so, and, and I think that that is a great way to honor those heroes of 9-11 to remember and to use that as an example of the biblical principles of always serving your neighbor. First responders, those, especially those who gave up their lives, uh, people who carried others to safety, led others to safety, uh, just some of them just ordinary people who were not trained, people who opened their house, health care providers. Always be prepared to help your neighbor. And I think that in our society, as people are more mobile, and they're not, you don't get to know your neighbors, or your neighbors change out three or four. They say the average uh, person stays in the house only seven years. So you're having new neighbors every seven years, or your new job brings you somewhere else. And so we should, uh, and so your neighbors change, and you don't get a chance to have them as lifelong neighbors. And so I'm thinking that we need to have that as a, as a body of Christ, always being prepared to help your neighbor. And when we do that, we will understand and let people know that God's will will be done and God's plan will always prevail and the people will rise to whatever occasion there is. If we're prepared to always serve your neighbor, a thing that just popped in my mind now we have a neighbor, lady lives next to me, and she said that the neighbor, two doors down from her, which would be a little ways around, the cul-de-sac, she said that he, his son suddenly passed away. His son was, I believe, in his 50s and they are in their 70s, but still it's a child who passed away. And he called her to ask her if she had any, uh, any bed sheeting because family was coming in and they needed to have places for them to stay. So I called the the guy and left a voicemail for him and left another message for him, left another message. And then a few days later he came and knocked on my door. And I said, "I feel bad because the I, I you didn't feel comfortable enough as me being a neighbor to reach out to me as well." And I said, "I feel bad because it is uh, my responsibility to reach out to you so that you know that I'm your neighbor and that we we should be able to freely open up our houses to each other. And then he, he, he knowing that I'm a minister, he said, yeah, I figure that that's part of your ministry. I'm like, no, it's, it is part of the ministry, but it's also part of who we are as people of God. So I think that if we, we need to continue that, whether or not somebody takes you up on it, but to have yourself ready to be able to serve and be prepared to help your neighbor. Because the one thing we know, and that's a good example, is that darkness will always come in. Sorrow, job loss, family loss, and, and I'm looking at this the, the ultimate example. It says it was now about the sixth hour. And darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, for the sun stopped shining. And the sixth hour was noon, and to three o'clock the sun stopped shining. This is Luke 23, 44, and 45. Luke 23, 44, and 45. Darkness filled the earth from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. And for those that uh, know this verse, it comes from the story of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. It was when Jesus was on the cross, the sun refused to shine. And that was the time when darkness had covered the earth. Darkness had what it believed was its shining glory. It finally had got, consumed the earth in the battle that the evil thought it had won when it covered darkness over the whole world. But what the forces in the battle of evil didn't understand is that it was just part of the war that was being raged from noon to three. Evil was rejoicing. And the same thing is true every time something happens. And and again, we started this series on 9-11. And 9-11, people thought, that their evil was going to prevail and they were rejoicing in what they did. But what they didn't understand is what it did was it brought the United States of America more united. It brought families more united. It brought people understanding and brought people back to church and turned them back to, to God. And so it's our understanding that evil, even though darkness is trying to cover the earth, it will never defeat God and it will never defeat God's people. And it's at that time that we understand that God will never be defeated. And I put a little note in there, I think somebody might hear, need to hear this today, that God will never be defeated. If you find yourself in a difficult or a dark place, if you're ready to give up, if your hopes seem to be dashed, if your plans continue to be under attack or derailed, I tell you to have some patience and be strong and have some faith and remember God's plan will never be defeated. Remember, that, and now you might say, well, what does that have to do with serving our neighbor? God will always put people in your path to help you. God will always have somebody to help you succeed. And we need to do we need to understand that you may be the angel that God has chosen to help somebody else succeed in, the, in their plan that God has for them. And I'm hoping that we understand that you might be the person who God has chosen to help somebody else succeed in the plan that God has for them. And so if we are not prepared to help our neighbor, then we are not going to be prepared to do the will of God. And therefore, we need, the person whose plan that God had is getting disrupted. Now, it's not going to get, uh, as we know, darkness covered the earth for, for three hours but the light shined and the Lord rose from the dead and we had victory and victory even as to death and victory over sin and victory over uh, doubt and victory over failure and victory over hate. The Lord Jesus, by rising from the dead, had ultimate victory. But, and so we understand that even though if we're not ready to always serve our neighbor, God will make sure that his plan prevails, but he wants us as people of God, to be and to serve and to protect and uplift the body of Christ. As evening approached, as we talk about always preparing to serve your neighbor, as we talk about always preparing to help and to protect and to build up the body of Christ as evening was approaching, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus, he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Christ. And Pilate ordered that he be given, under his care, the body of Christ. Now, I understand that this message usually only comes about during the resurrection season, but I think that we we need to understand As we're thinking about this message today and thinking about our life and thinking about the fact that we should always be prepared to help and serve our neighbor. As we understand that we should always be prepared to lift up and protect the body of Christ, which is the church, the body of Christ, which is your neighbors. The body of Christ is is what Jesus said to the least of my brothers and sisters that you do unto me. And so we, we should be looking at those who are in need of us of, of our help as being the body of Christ. And we should be modern-day Joseph of Arimatheas who said who demanded that I have the body of Christ that is put in my care. I'm wondering if there's anybody who has who's looked at that message. I took a whole different perspective of that when I was reading. That, that story, because I usually am like everybody else. It goes into my resurrection week reading, but I'm uh, so far off of the season, but it's so uh, important for us, and especially important as we look back on what happened and look back on what people did and look pa- back on how people stood up and served their neighbor during 9-11-2001, t- and now we're in September of 20. 20- 21, and if you listen to this later on, you can put your own date to it. We are in a position where we can look at Joseph of Arimathea and figure out what it is that he was about him, that he was willing to go to the the, the leader and say, I demand to have the body of Christ put in my care. I'm hoping that somebody pauses the message right here and writes that down. I demand that you put the body of Christ in my care because that's what we need to do. We need to look at somebody who's who's in trouble and say, I demand that you allow me to have you be put in my care. I I demand that this child whose parents are not fit to, to take care of them. I demand that you put that the body of Christ in my care. The person who lost their job and you may have uh, extra money to help them out, I demand that you put the body of Christ and their crisis in my hand. The person who is struggling and, and is depressed because their relationship has fallen apart, I demand that you put the body of Christ in my care. I don't know where God's gonna take you, where God wants you to be, but I believe that God wants us to be prepared to serve our neighbor. I believe that God wants us and is is asking us to, as we build up the body of Christ, that we have the modern day Joseph of Arimathea, who then say, I demand that the body of Christ be put in my care. So I had to look at Joseph of Arimathea and find out what it is about that man who got him to the position where he would go in the middle of all that crisis that was going on. All the struggles the disciples had doubted and deserted and betrayed and were hiding out. there was tension all over the land, and there was fights and, and war going on between the religious uh, establishment and, and the religious people with each other and with the Romans, and it was just a high, tense period of time. And in the middle of that, a man steps up. See, that's what we did understand. There is conflict going on. There's evil going on. But at that time, there was somebody who stood above it, and went into the middle of that conflict and said, I demand the body of Christ be put in my care. And I'm hoping that somebody who hears this today understands that it's not easy to take on that path. There was nobody else in all of Jerusalem, nobody who who Jesus uh, helped, nobody who followed him, nobody who saw his miracles, Not one person stood up and said, I am the one who will take the body of Christ and put it in my care. And we need to understand that today is the same thing. Most people are not going to go out of their way to help somebody. Most people are going to walk by and shun and say that they're too busy or too afraid to step up. But what we need to understand that we need to have and be like Joseph of Arimathea. So I wanted to find out about him and each of the gospel writers gave a description of who he was and this is what was said about him. The first thing it said was Joseph of Arimathea was a rich man. Joseph of Arimathea was a rich man. It said that he was a good and upright man. He was a member of the council, which is very interesting. He was a member of the group that voted to crucify conspire against make false witnesses against Jesus but it said he was a dissenting voice he was a dissenting voice now what what I'm understanding about that and I'm going to continue to go on with the the list but I want to just bring that out is that we have too many people willing to go along with the establishment and I'm talking about the not the Political establishment, although that exists in that time and it still exists now. But I'm talking about the way that the world goes, the way that the societal philosophies and norms, we are supposed to be done different. And people say, hey, I made my money, it's my money. I saw a post like that. And I was thinking, I want, I'm waiting for the day where we as a body of Christ, as we have the body of Christ put in our care, we say that everything I have is not mine. Everything that I have, my talent, my skill, my health, my ability to work, a job that I have, a business that I have, everything that I have that, I, that the, the world claims is mine is actually the Lord's. And if it's the Lord's, and everything that people have is the Lord, then I should be willing to give to somebody else what the Lord has given me. And I always, tra- and, and people are like, well, are you gonna move out of your house and let somebody have your house? I, if I have something, now I didn't say if I, if I have something I need, if I have something that I can give to somebody else, that does not affect what I, that my needs. So, for example, if I have one slice of bread left, I may not give the whole slice of bread away, but I'm going to try to give a little bit of it away so that somebody else has it. So the point is, is that we should always be an understanding as a society that everything that we have came solely and exclusively because there was a blessing from God, and we should be willing to give it back to God to be able to give to everybody else. I always like to give as much away as I can because I want to make room for what God has. If somebody else, uh, and, and we, don't, we don't look at it that way, but we should really look at it. I know that God can give me $10,000, so why, why wouldn't I give a thousand away? God, I know you gave me the last thousand, so I'm gonna give that away and hope that you give me 10,000. 10, why do I want you to give me 10,000, God? Because I want to be able to give that away so you can give me 100,000. And as soon as we start having that philosophy and that mentality, the body of Christ is going to be written up. That's a demand that we should have in the body of Christ as we lift up the body of Christ. I took a detour off of that, Jeff. We might have to go a little longer. Anyway, back to (laughs) Joseph of Arimathea, decided he was a member of the council, but he dissented from the acts of the council. Joseph of Arimathea was a secret disciple of Jesus because he was afraid that he might be, something might happen to him negatively if he uh, made it be known that he was a disciple of Jesus. But he was a disciple of Jesus. He was a an good and upright man, and he was a rich man. To be ready to help your neighbor, to be a modern day Joseph of Arimathea, you have to be a rich person. And I know people are like, oh, thank you. I know I'm not rich. I can go away. Thank you, preacher, for giving me an excuse. But when I'm talking about rich, everybody has riches. Everybody has riches. You have riches in your talent. You have riches in your health and your ability. You have riches in your time. And so as you look at your own wealth and your own riches and your own talent, the question is, can I use those to build up the body of Christ? Can I, am, am I willing to take a change in my mindset to say, I will use what I have, and I demand that the body of Christ be put in my care? Because what we understand from our society and what Proverbs 14, 20 and 22 says, the poor are always shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. See, our society flips things around. Our, our society gives the rich and puts the rich in high de- esteem. And those that are poor and those that are in need are shunned even by their neighbors. And that's a sad situation because in this, in this context, what wisdom is telling us is that when people are doing good and people have things, everybody wants to be around them. But as soon as you lose things and you don't have them and you're most in need, that's when you're shunned. But then God's word as, as Proverbs 14, 20, 21, 22 continues on. It says the person who despises his neighbor sins, but blessed is he who is kind to the needy. And do not do those who plot evil go astray, but those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness. Always be prepared to serve your neighbor. I believe that Proverbs 14, 20, 20, say it one more time. Proverbs 14, verses 20 to 22, was looking at the wisdom, the same wisdom that Joseph of Arimathea displayed in the same, the same wisdom that we should apply to our lives today. Understanding that we have a choice when our neighbors are down. When our neighbors are down, are we there going to shun them, as the wisdom says? And are we just going to be around them when they have things to give? Jesus, in one of his statements, said, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or sisters or relatives or the rich neighbors. If you do, they might invite you back and so they will repay you. I'm hoping that we understand why you should always be prepared to serve your neighbor. If you serve, if you only invite those who are rich and those who you know, those who you want to receive something are likely going to receive something in in return. God says, don't don't put your focus on them but when you give a banquet invite the poor invite the sick invite the blind and you will be blessed although they cannot repay you you will get repaid at the resurrection of the righteousness and that is luke chapter fourteen twelve to fourteen always be prepared to serve your neighbor i'm not saying that if you're going to associate and party and and celebrate with your family and birthdays and uh, and historical events of your family, wedding anniversaries. I'm not saying oh, I'm not going to go to those. I'm only going to go where poor people are. No, but what I'm saying what I'm saying to you today, my understanding of what God is telling me and I'm just going to talk to myself if, if nobody else can can do it and try to get myself uplifted to serve my neighbor is that we should also be focused in on helping those who can't repay us, those who are so uh, excited about the fact that we gave them help, we gave them comfort, we gave them encouragement, we urged them, we uh, urging somebody on who is at the worst part of their time, those are the ones who can realize that they got a blessing from God. Oh, man, I don't know if you ever had a situation where some stranger came up and said, in in your time of need, oh man, if I just needed this, I have story after story of different preachers who talked about, and I'm gonna talk about one one preacher who was telling me he was struggling through seminary school and they and he was just starting his ministry and they were really poor and they had no money to buy any food and barely any money to pay for the rent and a car broke down. And a neighbor randomly, I'm gonna use the term randomly, knocked on their door and said, hey, I don't know why, but something told me I should take you and your wife out and your child out to eat. So they went out to eat. And when he came back from dinner, there were other neighbors who were working on his car and got his car working. It is when you are down and you need some help, and if anybody ever helped you, You should be willing and able and ready and willing to help somebody else because it is at that time that people say you can tell them I'm helping you because I demanded from God to put the body of Christ in my care. And in this situation, it is you that God has has entrusted me to put in your care. And I want you from this day on to put your hope and your trust in God, knowing that God will be there for you when your hopes and your dreams are being challenged and darkness is trying to cover your earth from the, from the uh, third to the sixth hour, from the time when you should be shining the most, darkness is trying to knock you down. That, if you have not experienced that, you probably have not been living long enough. Where you've had your greatest hopes and you thought everything was going to go right, And or everything was going right. And then all of a sudden darkness had dashed your hope. Well, I'm hoping that if you were through that situation, that you remembered the people that God put in your life to help lift you up and encourage you and to help you get past that form of darkness. Those that when you were the body of Christ, that somebody demanded that that you be put in their care and they helped you always be ready to help your neighbor. That's what God wants us to do. That's what God, uh, and that's what Joseph of Arimathea did. He used his resources. He used his, his wealth. He used his social status as being a rich man of the council. There was nothing that Pilate thought was out of the ordinary. A rich man who was part of the council demanded that the body of Christ be put in their care. There should be nothing out of the ordinary when people look at you and say, hey, this guy helped. The reason why this guy helped is because he was a good guy. The reason why this woman helped is because she was down and somebody helped her. So it should not be unusual for people to look at us and say, I, I'm going to ha- have you when you say I want to put the body of Christ in my care. For Joseph of Arimathea, it was not unusual for him to demand that and, and to receive what he demanded. He used his resources to protect and preserve the body of Christ. And we need to understand that that's the same thing that we're called upon today to do, to, to do the same thing. The same thing that people, as we're celebrating the 9-11 experience 20 years later and remembering the people that were always prepared to help their neighbor even if it meant to their own death. I'm gonna to speak to those who are, who are hoarding on to the riches and the wealth that God gave them and say, are, are you like those who ran into the burning building and gave up even their life to try to save and to help and protect and get the body of Christ in their own hands, or are you hoarding your riches only using them for, the, for your family and your friends, only using them and in inviting those who will invite you, those that you're trading with, those that you're doing business with, or are you trying to take all the resources that you can, everything that you can give that you don't need? Are you giving that to build up the body of Christ? Are you serving and touching to, to whomever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters that you do unto me, Jesus said. And I'm hoping and wondering and asking you today, who are you? Who are you? Are you the Joseph of Arimathea, demanding that the body of Christ be put in your care, however that is in your circle? Just think what would happen is if each person put that in their circle and said, this is the circle, geographically, this is the circle, uh, people who, who I know both rich and poor, sick and healthy, this is my circle, Lord, and I demand that, I, that the body of Christ, this body of Christ, be put in my care. And then next to that is another circle where somebody did the same thing, and it goes on and on. How would the body of Christ be lifted up? If we're under, wondering why the darkness consists in the world, It's because people of God have refused to say, I'm putting the body of Christ in my care. I'm not going to associate with evil. And I'm going to show evil that when you attack, greatness is going to come above it. And that the people of God are going to demand that what what chaos you called, I'm put caused. I'm putting it in my care and and I'm going to bring it back up to a place greater than it was before. I'm hoping that as we close out here today. You you hear the message coming from God's word when he says that the poor are shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. He who despises his neighbor, he that turns his back on his neighbor, he, he that refuses to support and uplift his neighbor sins, but blessed is he who is kind to the needy. Do not... Do do not those who plot evil go astray, but those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness." If that's how, how you want your life, the life that's full of love and faithfulness and people that are willing to help you in need, I'm going to ask you to take an examination of your life and look at yourself from the standpoint of Joseph of Arimathea and ask yourself, am I a modern day Joseph of Arimathea using my riches? using my wealth, using my talent to lift up the body of Christ, and am I doing it with such power and such conviction that I'm demanding even to the highest authorities that they put the body of Christ in my care? That's my message for you, that's my hope for you, and that's my challenge for myself to do it, and I'm hoping that, that those that say I'm, I demand to put Stephen Zachary's ministry in my care will lift up this body of Christ, strengthen and encourage as we continue to present the message of God and the message of encouragement as we continue to be able to come together in fellowship to praise God and to help each other. That's my hope for you and I'm hoping that that's your hope and your prayer for me and as a collective we can continue to demand that the body of Christ will be put in our care and that we will always be ready to serve our neighbor. That's what God wants from us. And that's what our responsibility is to to the people of God who believe in the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary, Minister Gilbert the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook and feel free to send me an email to themessage2.us or to my private website stephenzachary.com Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's haribobooks.com Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.